Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, everyone, welcome to Inside the Firm. I'm your host here with our co-host, Lance Psycho. Didn't even make fun of you today. Well, what a boring episode this is going to be. I, 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 it's been exhausting. Like, it's been a good paced day, but like, I've had things like booked all day. And Al's busy. Morning. Busy Al. Al's not slowing down, which is good. Nope. Nope. So everything's good here. Speaking of good things, uh, if you want to buy a computer, I know how you can get off. More, I, I know how you can get more of a deal than you could anywhere else. How? You go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. You hit save now and then you enter your email and then they give you an extra 8% off any of the coupons that they're already running. You buy what you want. You high five yourself. You said, I just saved 8%. That's awesome. That's what you do. And maybe you need to do that because you're, uh, you're retooling yourself and learning Revit. By going to RevitRocketShip.com and you need a new computer. Yep. So you got to you gotta get on that. Yep. Dell.com forward slash. Inside the firm. There you go. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what I was what I was thinking about now is uh, that <laughs> if you or your firm yeah, yeah. are working remotely, are the logistics of putting together a project daunting when no one is in the same room? Don't worry. Our cat has the solution for you. Our cat's charrette allows you to manage projects and specification documents online with multiple team members. <clears throat> Discuss products, configurations, outline specs, project photos and documents, and more on one page. Along with the ability to access product information, specs, CAD, BIM, and the patented spec wizard from anywhere in the world, charrette can help your firm get more done no matter where you are or the rest of your firm are. You can even promote your firm's project when you're done. And like all of ArtCat solutions, it's completely free to use. So check out artcat.com forward slash projects. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com and start building better content today. Today. Um, you want to talk about Arc Daily? Let's talk about Arc Daily. So I wanted to, uh, we've talked about this before, but now is as good as time as ever, especially if you had some downtime, maybe you had a pro- project or two fall through, maybe you have more time to concentrate on getting yourself published. Every architect, every designer, anybody who's doing design work wants to get published and they should want to get published. As a matter of fact, I'm literally looking, we finally organized the new office yesterday and just to the left of me, I'm looking at all of our publications uh, mm-hmm. of where we were published, various and magazines and awards, yep, various magazines, all of that stuff. It helps <clears throat> so much when you're trying to sell a client on your services and how uh, talented you and your team professionals are, right? So Al, uh, we were actually contacted by Arc Daily first this time, right? Because they yep. wanted to talk about how we could... Park- Revit Rocket Ship. Revit, how we Get could park- your Revit on with RevitRocketShip.com. Don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. 50 it's per- taken off. Three, 50 per- 50 per- 50% off. There Home goes. 50. Yep. Home 50 until we're done with this quarantine. Yeah. That's only podcast people that kind of get that Home it 50 is, It is only podcast so, people. In case you didn't know, it's a coupon code. 
you go to checkout, you you know the checkout where it's it's the payments, and you type in. Uh, no, 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 no. I think you have to do the, the, the full payment. You type in home 50 and you get 50% off revitrocketship.com If you want to learn, Revit. make that happen. Go. Yeah. So, so Arc daily got a hold of Al and at the same time that he got a hold of Al, I, I, about a month previous to that, I was trying to get us published with two of our projects. Uh, one is a house and one was a, uh, an interior finish project. Uh, a commercial project, which was we were used shipping containers. We also submitted these two projects because I think they were our best projects besides the development into a bunch of awards. And the awards haven't came out yet, but you know, trying to get into magazines is always a good idea. Well, Al, be through that through that contact, was able to get us a press contact um, for for Arc Daily, and it was uh, so the the process for it is is pretty easy. Um, let's see here. How, how did it go? It went. So what happened? So what you want to do is, and this is the way I have it set up is like, if you're going to submit for um, awards or publications, it's generally the same kind of format. Uh, what, what they're looking for are, it's usually a maximum of, yeah. So I have a project folder that's just set up for both of these projects. And then uh, there's two different, there's the, the photos that they want. They typically want a maximum of, of like 11 or 12 photos. So you're going to have to pair your down, down all of your photos for that. But if you set this, if you set it up one time, right, then you can just hit everybody, right? You could go to arc daily. You could go to arc record. You could go to dwell. I submitted, I tried I heard I tried to get us on dwell. We have been on there for other stuff. And then the other thing they're going to want to see. So you have your, your typical photos, right? It's 12 actually. Um, especially for awards. So you can like, once you set this up, then you could, you could just do a blitz all one day where you're submitting to a bunch of different awards, you're going to all the different publications, right? Um, so we had, in addition to the 11 f- nice photos, then I had two drawings that I set up, um, presentation style floor plans, presentation style site plan, and then also make sure that you have a project narrative written uh, that's 500 words or less. Everybody wants this 500 words or less. It seemed to be ubiquitous between, it was between like 250 words and 500 words. And that way I could just copy and paste it. Check with your clients too. Maybe they want to remain anonymous. Um, our clients did for this house. So their names are not really Ed and Leah, but that's fine with us. Um, and then, you know, check with them too is like, even for my house, like if you go to the web, if you go to our web page and you take a look at my house, which is Strawberry Circle, that house, you don't, or the Strawberry Modern House rather, I don't put my address on there. Like we messed around with the numbers and stuff like that. I think anonymity is is a good thing for that sort of things. So um, then, what happened was Alex. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Pull up Pintos. Yeah. Uh, so why? So the gal I got in touch with, uh, who is she's the project curator. Her name is Paula Pintos, and um, that's who Alex sent me to. And then if uh, if you're looking for her email, I'm happy to give it to you if you if you email me, right? So you, you can email lmc at f9productions.com, lmc at f9productions.com, and then I'll 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 make it I'll make it happen if you're if you're serious about this. So the other thing they asked for is they asked for. Alex said, uh, can you fill out which two forms? So they sent us two forms. The first one was, it's like a publication form, and they want to know your general information. So again, I think you should have this ready in a template, 
project name, architecture firm, website, contact email, firm location, completion year, gross gross built area, project location, the architects, architects email. What was the area for that? Do you remember? 2,116. Ah. Gosh, I'm good, Al. I, I told someone the wrong. Oh, now he's going to tell him something else. It was smaller, though. I mean, with the garage. That's the thing. Like, I don't. Oh, that was with the garage? That was with the garage. That's okay. where, you know, you take out however many square feet. 400 square feet. So, 500. So, wow. I quoted spot on then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't beat yourself up, Al. Yeah. The media provider, so who took your photos? In our case, it's one of our uh, one of our employees, Jason, who does a fantastic job. Additional credits, so any other design team. And then the project description. Again, I told you. Actually, they, they asked for between 200 and 500 words. And the other thing they said is, I, this is where I think if, if, if your business partner is Al Gore mm-hmm. and, and he he can't spell correctly. Yep, that's me. Then you need to have another business partner named Lance or you write it up and then have somebody else check your grammar. Because one of the things they say is they say the text will be published as received. It will not be edited by the ARC Daily team. So please double check for credit, spelling, grammar, blah, 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 blah. Make that happen. You can submit in English, Spanish, and Portuguese, which is really cool. Portuguese. Then, then there's a spreadsheet that you'll fill out. And they want to know like what products were used. So, and then what software, right? So obviously Revit, everybody knows who that knows we use that RevitRocketship.com. We'll check it out. And, uh, so we, and then we put down the brands of like what we did. So like Sierra Pacific windows, some metal panels, um, and stuff like that, uh, sent all those back. They did ask for some more technical drawings. I don't even think they included those though. And the technical drawings were like sections and some 3d images so that's that's one thing I I would recommend that somebody else that you do that we didn't do, which was have 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 those presentile presentation style sections teed up. You know the ones where it's like very black versus white yep. type of thing, and, and you're kind of explaining the whole the whole thing that way. I just exported some stuff out of Revit, and they didn't they they didn't go for it, which is which is fine. I was in a hurry that day. Uh, so sent that off to her early in the week and then today we got published we got the email which is fantastic and uh and then we posted it all over the place it can't hurt um to get this kind of press so i would encourage anybody who has a project that they think i bet you have at least one or two every year where you're like "Eh, i feel like this is magazine worthy yeah and make that happen well cool that's what i got out well want to know what was radio worthy what my conversation with Eric Reinholds. Heck yeah. So he'll be, do you know where he is in the queue? He's For probably Monday. about a month out. Okay. Month out. So yeah. many people want to talk to us, Al. Yeah. Uh, Eric Reinholds had a great conversation, but I just wanted to bring this to you, you know, beforehand. Uh, he, go check out his YouTube uh, and see what he produces. And it's excellent. And then go check out his website, which is 30by40.com, uh, right? Check out his work. And what's cool is that he's teaching what, what, what it took for him to go from basically not knowing what to do, having too many clients, having too much overload, not working well, to now having a smooth, successful firm. Um, let me see if I can find where that is on his website. So I think it's under the Learn tab. And then courses. You can click on that. Courses. Um, 
had a great conversation with him. And if his course is anything like his videos, and, his videos are so good. And his the conversation that we had, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be worth it. So go check that out. Yeah. And if you did, if you missed, um, I, one thing I'd recommend is that this week is uh, I had uh, Jeff Eccles was on the Monday morning episode, Monday morning coffee episode. Even if you don't, uh, even if you're not, if if you have friends or colleagues that are not architects, that episode is a hundred. Those three episodes of his new podcast, Build Your Brand podcast, are so worth listening to because what he does, he breaks down. He's breaking down. He's breaking down the the story of Southwest, which tells a story, and through their stories, that's how they that's how they crushed on the marketing sides of things. Um, I just think it, so those episodes, I think anybody could listen to it. Any walks of any, any kind of walks of life, whether you're in sales or you're on your own business, doesn't even matter. You don't have to be an architect. Check, check that stuff out. Cool. So now do we have a word from our best friend? We have a, well, we are get ready for this word from our best friend, Nick. Hello, best friends. I hope you had a week this week. A reading. Back in 2011, the Transportation and Commerce Committee invited me to share my thoughts on how to close America's widening skills gap. So I came to this building to talk about a critical part of the solution, most often overlooked by politicians and educators, the pressing need for better PR. I talk specifically about the stigmas and stereotypes that dissuade millions of people from exploring thousands of genuine opportunities in the skilled trades and the urgent need to challenge those misconceptions. I pointed out that President Obama's promise of three million shovel-ready jobs sounded great, but I worried that filling those jobs would be challenging, especially in a country where fewer and fewer people aspire to pick up a shovel. I concluded by telling the committee that millions of open positions will remain unfilled until society changes its opinion on the definition of a good job. And then I invited those present to join me in a larger effort to do that very thing. Shortly after my testimony to the committee, the skills gap closed, unemployment plummeted, and America got back to work. I'm kidding. Shortly after my testimony, the skills gap widened, unemployment grew, and society continued to ignore thousands of opportunities that comprise a critical part of our workforce. A few years later, I was invited back to the Hill to address the National Resources Committee and talk more about the cause of our widening skills gap. This time I focused on the unintended consequences of promoting a four-year degree as the best path for most people. There was a time when higher education needed a PR campaign, and it got one. Unfortunately, the push for four-year institutions came at the expense of community colleges, trade schools, and apprenticeship programs. Thus, every other educational opportunity began to feel subordinate. Also, the overall push for college coincided with an overall removal of vocational arts from high schools across the country, and the effects of this one-two punch laid a foundation not just for widening skills gap, but for a level of student debt that's massive, premature, and completely unnecessary. I testified that tuition had soared, in part, 
because thousands of well-intended parents and guidance counselors were telling millions of kids, irrespective of their individual skills, that their best hope for success was the most expensive path available. The pressure on kids to borrow money was enormous, and so they did. Consequently, college tuition rose faster than the cost of food, energy, real estate, and health care. I told the committee that this cookie-cutter approach to promoting higher education has led to thousands of graduates with expensive degrees from excellent schools, but no prospects in their chosen field and no way to pay off their student loans. With the universal push for a four-year degree more intense than ever, I argued that our skills gap is a direct result of a mistaken belief that the best path for most people is a four-year degree. I concluded with another appeal to aggressively confront the stigma, stigmas and stereotypes that discourage people from entering the trades, along with a challenge to guidance counselors to present a more balanced presentation of educational alternatives beyond high school. After my testimony in 2013, the skills gap closed. Public education embraced the vocational arts. College tuition returned to affordable levels. And America finally got back to work. I'm kidding. Shortly after my testimony, the skills gap got even wider. Tuition got even more expensive, and guidance counselors continued to use careers in the trades as a cautionary tale for those who resisted a four-year degree. Now the situation has devolved even further, and my own mother concluded that I'm part of the problem. The more you testify, she said, the worse things get. She may be right. Today, the skills gap is wider than it's ever been. 5.6 million jobs, according to the BLS. Vocational education is still missing from an overwhelming majority of high schools. Bills like the one before this committee still meet resistance in part because millions of Americans still view a career in the trades as some kind of vocational consolation prize. It's a bias as misguided as any other prejudice we have with us today. And it poses a clear and present danger to our country's overall economic security. The student loan bubble is going to burst, as bubbles always do. Currently, the outstanding debt is $1.3 trillion. And yet, we continue to lend money we don't have to kids who can't pay it back, educating them for jobs that no longer exist, while ignoring careers that do. And so, at the risk of making things worse, I've come here to address the House Committee on Education and Workforce. Alas, I have nothing new to tell you. But I do think a few points bear repeating, especially if our new president is serious about spending a trillion dollars on infrastructure. As I told his predecessor shortly after his first inauguration, we simply do not have a trained workforce standing by to fill the positions that currently exist. And we certainly aren't prepared to fill the new positions a trillion dollars of infrastructure spending will surely create. Last week, President Trump met with a number of manufacturing CEOs and talked about his commitment to bring jobs back to America. I was relieved to hear several of the CEOs tell the president that the most immediate concern was not the lack of jobs, 
but a lack of skilled workers. The president seems surprised to hear this. Many people are. There's a powerful and logical assumption that unemployment can be remedied with more opportunity. But the skills gap proves that opportunity is not enough to get people working. And while more and better training is certainly part of the solution, that's not enough either. Because underneath the lack of skill is an undeniable lack of will, a lack of enthusiasm. When we took shop class out of high school, we sent an unmistakable message to an entire generation of students. We told them, no, we showed them, that a whole category of jobs was simply not desirable. Is it any wonder those are the very jobs that go begging today? The skills gap will never close until perception is corrected. And most college will never come and the cost of college will never come down if we keep telling people a four-year degree is their only hope of being success- successful. We need an educational system that re-embraces and reaffirms the importance of vocational arts. It's simple. If we want to make America great again, we have to make work cool again. We have to support bills like this one, as well as organizations and programs that try to close the skills gap in their own way. As long as I'm here, I'm going to challenge more individuals and companies to help me call attention to opportunities that already exist and challenge the prevailing definition of a good job in whatever way we can. Because ultimately, our crumbling infrastructure, our widening skills gap, the disappearance of vocational education, the stratospheric rise in college tuition, these are not these issues are not problems. These are the symptoms of what we value. And right now we have to reconnect the average American with the value of a skilled workforce. Only then will the next generation aspire to do the work at hand. Mike Rose's slightly longer than five-minute testimony to the Committee on Education and the Workforce. February 28, 2017. Check out the Micro Works Foundation. Toodles. So I, I knew I knew who that was the whole time, Nick. Great, great, great read today. Yeah. Two things. One on a, on a bigger level. How many opportunities are we missing out of because of mismanagement? So just take that for one example. So many people get degrees and. Let's just say they all get jobs, but now they're burdened down with with debt. So then they have to spend their money on that debt rather than something else. Yes, right. Missed opportunities. Um, let's go with the like another example. Um, there there's been very little innovation in the space industry since 1960 to Elon Musk. Rockets went up, they came back down. Right, that was about it. it and I would say because of mismanagement. What if we already had like a, a space economy and space resources? Like where, where, where could we be? And I think that, you know, like that's at the high end and I don't even want, but on, on the other end is, man, are we missing out on like, I don't know. Could, could we all have, p- people complain about 
stereotypical suburban houses, which I don't complain about I at all. Them. I love them. Yep. But, but are we missing out on all those houses having more craftsmen and more character if we had more people in those areas? <laughs> Maybe. Like, I don't know. Just Maybe. Lay, well, that's what I'm saying. It's so interesting. Exactly. What are we, what are we, what are we collectively missing out on as a society? Because we've because we've mismanaged so much, so much, so much, so much of the youth. We just had this idea. I mean, I was told the same thing going in college. I mean, not in college, in high school, where I grew up. Where you know, I grew up in oil country, right? So Williston, North Dakota, in the middle of the Bakken oil formation, and that's what I was told over and over and over again is because they were burned in the '80s from that oil boom. Same thing with Colorado, Denver, and Denver Williston have this connection. Is that it's the boot, you know, oil's done. We oils, oil's over with, right? And then, then we, then all of a sudden we had fracking, and it's just like the industry went gangbusters again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's your brother doing? Pretty well, right? <laughs> yeah, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother makes just as much money as as we do, uh, and he has no, he had, does not have a four year degree. He's a very happy person. He's got three kids, almost has his house paid off already. Like the kid is killing it. Less a uh, risk. More hunting. Much like, oh, yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. So, like, you want to talk about, you know, opportunities. So, that, you know, his, now his, because of that job, like, he was, he's not worried about the debt that he has to pay off or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, I know. It's, not, it's just not, it's just not a one size fits all. And then as a, the contractor, when I put my contractor hat on, I wish we had more subs to pick from to, that would compete against each other, right? Because the labor market is just, that's, that's where the pinch point comes in. And you're kind of stuck with what you can get, and you just at the right now we're just hoping that people show up. This maybe this is only a middle of the country thing too. I, I know some folks that do construction administration that I interact with in the Antarctic community. It sounds like the East Coast is not. It's not as slim pickings. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just an out west thing. But where where we're building, we are just thankful to get subs to show up to work. You know, uh, it kind of boils down to that. So, yeah, I would encourage everybody to go check out, like Nick said, if you go to MikeRowWorks.org, I'm a big fan. And then I also like his podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet. It's really good. It's The Way I Heard It. Uh, and they're basically like five-minute. They're like, they're very short. I'm looking at them right now. They're like 20-minute little little segments and stuff like that. But his voice is golden. He, he, I think he, I think he's on the right track with what he's doing, and uh, there you go. Awesome. That's I, all I have. That's all I got too. This is a short and sweet one. Revit rocket ship. Learn your Revit Dell. Get your Dell. Arcat. Get your families. Uh, Thirty by forty. Get your training. There you go. See you next week. Nice.